Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solve today. Um, I have the absolute immense pleasure, and I've got to be careful what I say here, because I've said it to a few people. I've said to a number of gentlemen that they are um, amazing um, and and the nicest guy I've ever met and, and all of these things. Um, but genuinely, so this podcast is on, as you know, Business Problem Solved. It's in a mini-series called Real People, Real Stories, Real Value. And I can say without... Um, I don't know without anything that this person is definitely a real person. He has real stories and he has offers immense value. So it is with great pleasure that I welcome to the podcast today, Herb. How are you, Herb? Hello, Lee. I'm brilliant. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how to respond to that introduction because uh, you make me feel very humble. uh, it doesn't sound like me. <laughs> well, well, it is you. It is you, Herb. I have had an absolute whale of a time and an absolute pleasure getting to know um, more about you over the last couple of years. And I'm absolutely honoured um, that you are, that you're willing to share your story today. So for those people who don't know who Herb is, um, who's Herb and how has he got to that seat today? Well, thank you for asking me, first of all, uh, to join the podcast. I do appreciate that. Um, I wasn't sure if if I could actually share a story because listening to over 150 podcasts of, of Lee Wharton's uh, podcast, <laughs> you know, do I put myself in, in that same, uh, on that same uh, chair? But I am honored that you've asked me. Uh, I feel privileged because, you know, if you start reflecting by just, the question itself, who am I? Uh, you, it forces you actually to look back uh, in a very brief way of who you are. So that's what I've done. Um, it was actually an interesting exercise. Um, so I'm Herbert Morick, uh, born and bred in, in, in South Africa. Um, I was actually born in the same year of... Uh, the year of the temptations, uh, my goal was uh, first wow. on the, the top 20s. Uh, also the year the Beatles received the MBA, MBEs. <laughs> uh, and when the same year when the speed uh, limit was introduced. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess which year that was. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still young at heart and, and young at spirit. Uh, I'm one of four, uh, the only boy. Uh, and that probably will show later the sensitivity that came through that because I think the girls made you uh, or my sisters made, made me sure that I'm sensitive uh, to other people. Um, I went to a commercial high school which there was only 20 boys and 600 girls and yes I, all my homework was done for me um, <laughs> but um, I graduated uh, at Afrikaans University, so you can probably gather from my accent. I'm not local, although uh, I've been in the country for the, over 20 years. 
uh, and I am a proud second-hand Welshman by choice. Um, I graduated uh, with a degree in industrial psychology uh, and then moved and did a, a degree in uh, an honors degree in industrial sociology, specializing in um, uh, labor unions. That was the, the Thatcher era. And that spilled over into South Africa, of course, and it was very political at that point. Introduced one of the first programs to actually monitor strikes, reason for strikes, and so on. Uh, and then did a honors degree in industrial psychology, uh, which came quite handy in my early career, starting off in the South African Medical uh, Defense Force. So uh, I was in the medics, uh, special branch, which we did all the selection and recruitment for pilots, uh, special forces. And then I also worked on a little project on uh, people, selecting people going to Antarctic uh, for science research. Um, started my career off in recruitment. Um, joined a small little company and was fortunate enough that uh, was worked up fairly quickly and became part, one of the partners actually and one of the directors. And that, that business evolved over 10 years um, and was quite diverse from providing services for corporate uh, and, 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 and industry. So we had a recruitment side, we had warehousing where we uh, delivered a warehouse service to corporate companies, um, people like uh, Hewlett Sugar, uh, Coca-Cola, Sassel, Omnia Fertilizers. So that was quite diverse. And we also had a cleaning uh, business on the, on the side, industrial cleaning. Uh, and, but I head up at that stage, I was heading then up the uh, recruitment side. Um, through Rotary, I was one of the youngest Rotarians ever in South Africa. Uh, at age of 28, I became a Rotarian. Now, normally it's been seen, you know, you first become a, you first go through a, a different route before you get to the a Rotarian. Um, but I was fortunate being part of a business uh, that allowed me actually time off to do some charity work. Now, charity has always been part and parcel of me just because I love giving. I love giving of myself. I love giving uh, and helping people. I'm a, I would describe myself as a people person. Uh, like to help people where I can. Um, and that's even up to today. I still do the same thing. Um, so, Herb, sorry to interrupt you. Can yeah. I just ask you a quick question? So, uh, when you say Rotarian, what is, what's a Rotarian? Um, it's Rotarians are people that are normally uh, you get invited to join the organization, um, which is a charity organization. And they normally meet once a week uh, and they do community work. Uh, yeah. And it's mainly business people. Uh, and the way it, it, it originally was originated in, in the States uh, was there could only be one profession in a club. Yeah. Uh, and that, and through all the, the strengths, um, uh, you know, combined, they were able to actually provide a, a service uh, to the community. Gotcha. Uh, but of course, that's international now, and it's and it's huge. Yeah. And then another question, based on what you said about your early part of your career, you said within 10 years, um, you had progressed to be a, um, a senior person. 
um, yes. within a, an organization that, that had grown from a, was it a smaller organization to a, a bigger organization and you joined it on that journey. Um, yes. What was the secret of your success over those 10 years to, to progress at such a, um, a young age, being in, in your first? Very good question. Um, looking back at it, it was all to do with relationships, uh, building relationships, uh, delivering on what you promise, uh, creating trust, um, but of course, you know, this, this is all part and parcel of who we were as a business. We were four guys that absolutely believed in we can make a difference. Um, we sometimes undercut ourselves just to, to make sure that we deliver what, what we said we were going to deliver. Yeah. Um, Interesting on the recruitment side, uh, people these days, we're doing Zoom calls, we're doing team calls, we're doing all sorts of video uh, video conferencing. Um, I reflect on this and I, and, I, and I didn't realize I was actually ahead of my time back in uh, 1992. I did a video recording of recruiting people, actually recruit the whole, or, sorry, record the whole uh, interview. And then I would save it on, on a disc and then take it to the client and say, what do you think about this candidate instead of a CV? Wow. Uh, that was back in the early 90s. And that was with the old big uh, VCR uh, video recorders. Yeah. Um, wow. So th there's always been that innovative side of my uh, yeah, the creativity side that I've always had uh, an interest in how can I make you know, something better or do it better. Yeah. Uh, and create an interest but yeah it, it was through hard work um through hard work uh, commitment uh and just listen to what the client really really want yeah amazing amazing so in 10 years you became a, a really senior person in a successful organization you were you were giving with your time as well um which is the the rotarian part um and what's next so after that, uh, actually, again, through Rotary, uh, I were uh, given an opportunity to, uh, as, as a lead, uh, taking five young people to the UK. And uh, back in 99, I thought, well, that's an opportunity. And I took the opportunity, came over to the United Kingdom, um, visited the greater Manchester area. Uh, and through that started thinking, well, is this not a place that I would love, like to have my, you know, give my kids a, a, a better education uh, and opportunity for the future. And that's what me and my wife decided to do. Um, so back in 99, I, I told my partners, well, uh, end of 99, I said, I'm going to leave the, the business and I would like to explore the United Kingdom. Wow. Um, Can I ask you a question there, Herb? Yeah, sure. So you've made a choice because uh, a young family... Um, mm -hmm. But but it's a it's a brave choice traveling yeah. to a new new country, young family, leaving a senior position. Yeah. Um, what made you think that that was the right thing to do? What what were you leaving and what were you joining, or what what were you leaving and where were you coming? Come um, so, the reasons were very personal in the sense of my own perception of the current states of affairs in South Africa at that point. Um, and I was quite concerned because in business, we were forced to start looking at certain uh, actions 
which didn't sit with my values. Um, and corruption became quite part and parcel of the business and that, that was not what we stood for. And I didn't want to do that either. And I was pretty concerned at that stage, looking better, you know, thinking, well, what's going to be the future like? So it was a risk. Uh, decided we want to do something better for the future for our kids. And that's why we made the decision. Uh, it was purely based on safety, uh, but also, also uh, looking at the future. And that's what we decided to do. Um, was fortunate enough, could survive for about probably 18 to 24 months uh, without secure income. Um, but me, me and my wife had actually very open and we still have a very open relationship uh, and communication where we decided whoever gets a job first, that's where we'll settle. Uh, we both started applying for, for jobs and we both got jobs at the same time. However, hers were better paid than mine and I decided to become a domestic appliance engineer for 18 months. Uh, an educator and cooker and whatever you want to call it. For 18 months, I became a house husband, which I absolutely loved. Um, gave me the opportunity to get closer to my kids. Um, I understood what a dad really meant to them, which was amazing. And of course, uh, dropping them off at school every morning, you started talking to all the other moms, which was amazing. Um, but started exchanging recipes and all sorts of things, which, uh, you know, unlocked a, a different side in me, which I really started enjoying. Anyway, um, moved on and then uh, had to start thinking about what I'm going to go do going forward. Uh, did a temporary consul uh, consulting work for an HR company uh, where we rolled out the NHS uh, contracts for the doctors. That was when the initial contracts was in, 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 uh, rolled out back in 2001, I think. Um, then moved on uh, through the, the school, talking to other parents. And somebody, somebody said, oh, they need uh, some HR help because it's a small family run business. Can I go and help them? I said, yeah, sure. And that evolved from a one to two day uh, just helping out basis to becoming the HR manager. Uh, their business was a family business, 32 retail stores across uh, mainly South Wales. Um, and that evolved. Um, but there were some problems on the horizon, which through my business experience, I actually shared and highlighted that uh, to them. Um, and there were some tough decisions that had to be made, which I helped them at that stage with. Uh, so I had to start thinking, what else am I going to do? And I thought, well, uh, business was not on the cards for me at that stage. Uh, we started looking at, you know, it, it's unfair having all the financial risk just on, the, on, on my wife uh, at that point. So I uh, decided to start looking at what else is the market. Expectations was quite high. Um, but I had to lower their expectations. And I then uh, started looking at what is in the marketplace. And I got a job with uh, my current employer, Data Steel, who was at that stage Chorus. Yeah. Um, so just before you talk about this period of time, I've got a couple of questions from what, from what you've just said. You, you're a successful person in um, South Africa, um, a decent business. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, it had its challenges. 
Um, and then you, you decided to up sticks and come to the UK. Yeah. And then you were you had that conversation about who was going to be the breadwinner and the, the, the main income. How did that feel to you as a as a as a person that's gone from one place to then because you focused on the positives there uh, around actually you, you got to look after your children, do the school runs and stuff. But um, how did how did that feel? It was actually amazing. Um, it's a good question because as as a couple, we were very open with each other, very honest, and yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, actually those questions. How do you feel about it? So. I remember we, you know, when we got married, uh, this year it will be 30 years ago that we would... Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, where our minister that married us said, just remember you're going to have differences and you're going to have different opinions because you're two different individuals. But we, when you do have something that you need to discuss where there are differences, start with the, the, the sentence always with how do you feel, not how you feel, but I feel like this or I feel like this. Don't say you did this or you think you know you think this because it internalizes it actually and it brings the emotions out. So this conversation was very much how do how did each of us feel about it? And having this open conversations and this, this open relationship uh, actually made it far easier. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with confidence in each other and trust in each other. Yeah, uh, which, from, which helps it. From a personal perspective, uh, and and uh, how did you feel? I felt proud. I really felt proud that I was able to be in that position, actually, to make decisions or to have choices. Um, it was hard work up to then, and the risk that we took was was a great risk. You know, it was a massive risk because we we. We came, as you said earlier, we came to a new country, new culture. None of us, we don't have family here. And it was, it was a decision that we made, but we stuck to the decision. But it was exciting. Uh, it was nervous. You know, obviously, there were some anxious moments. Uh, and there was always the, you know, in the back of the mind, did we do the right thing? Was this the right thing to do? Um, you know, how can we turn back? But that question never really got repeated. Uh, yeah. should we go back? Never. Because we knew if we stick to this, we will be successful again. And um, yeah, with a lot of blessings and a lot of um, hard work so far, you know, we are very fortunate. And as the, the Welsh has taught me, I, I, every day I count my blessings and not my sheep. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so um, as somebody who has... Um, so when you were talking about your the beginning part of your journey, you mentioned two degrees um, and then successful business. If you had to give yourself some advice, uh, and I'd, I'd like this at two different stages of your life, if possible, the, the, the academic student person who's just starting work now, if you can think back to those times, um, what advice would you give yourself now? Or what advice would you give you then, knowing what you know now? To, to that herb at that stage of your life, just starting out? Don't be, as, don't be afraid. Um, take every opportunity that comes your way. Uh, never regret anything. If you, 
it's very difficult to say, I wish I, I should have done that. Uh, I would, as a student, I lived that life as well, where I, I took every opportunity. And I think it's, it's so important to, to drive yourself to look for opportunities and just take those opportunities. Um, as a student, as, as an example, uh, at the Afrikaans white university that I studied at that stage, because it was during apartheid, uh, I was the first guy that invited a black university leader to join us at a conference. Um, we were, I was the first RAG chairman, sorry, RAG is a, is, is a remember and give organization to do a street procession of uh, fun and fair through a black township. Um, and I remember yeah, almost being locked up the day before that under uh, security. Um, but looking back at it, all of that has actually formed me who I am today. Um, it's, it's about taking risks, um, taking opportunities. And I would do the same again today. Uh, if I you know, had to be a student again, I would do exactly the same. And I advise my two girls that I've got, which I dearly loved, and they qualified now, both of them. I advise them to do that. Uh, just enjoy every single moment. I've got a simple philosophy. You know, we've been put on this earth to enjoy it, not to suffer. It's all about a choice. Uh, you can choose which which one you want to do. You yeah. can enjoy it all the time if you want to. Yeah, love it. Love it. No, thank, thank you for sharing that. And the second time I want you to think back to an advice you would give yourself. When you were high flying um, in, the, uh, in, in the, the business in South Africa, the four of you, um, the money was coming in, uh, everything may have looked all rosy. Um, yeah. What advice would you give yourself at that point, knowing what you know now? Don't be arrogant because things can change in a, in a, in a blink of an eye. Um, appreciate every single moment again as, as the student. Take opportunities, take chances, but actually appreciate every single moment. Um, I think there's, yeah, there are so many things that happens in, in anybody's lives which you take sometimes for granted. Uh, if I look back now, I was arrogant and you know, young age of 35, I said, well, uh, my life can basically end now. Um, that's, that's how arrogant I was because I had a, an aircraft, had holiday places, um, traveled yearly, uh, long holidays. Um, money was never in short. However, um, when things start changing and, and, the business environment changed and we decided to, you know, to move on. Getting to the UK, I, you know, two years later suffered a heart attack and suddenly you, you realize, you know, yeah, you were arrogant at, you know, six, seven years before that. And, and now, you know, things are happening. Are you still that arrogant person? Um, not that I was arrogant towards the outside. It's just my self-talk. And then you start to realize, actually, you know, a lot of the things is, is you should not take for granted. Um, and it's also how you then portray that to other people. You know, do you role model that, actually? Yeah. Uh, and 
success is, is, is an amazing thing. You think about uh, money, where you think about positions, where you think about what you've achieved. But actually, success is more about happiness in yourself. Uh, for me, that's, that's more successful. Success is having time with your, with, with your loved ones. Um, having time with friends and family, that's, that's success. And, and then, yeah, that's always the financial uh, side of it. But my youngest has actually taught me a lot about, you know, just being less materialistic. Uh, you can live with far less. Uh, and once you started traveling, which I only started traveling at, at, a, at a later stage in my life, you know, going to countries like Bolivia, um, touring through Africa, you, you start seeing poverty and, and real, real poverty. And then you realize actually with how much you can get by. Um, so as a, as a young person, career orientated, I would say use that opportunity, but also go and explore because the world is greater than just those materialistic stuff that, that you chase in, in success. Uh, yeah. family is always more important yeah I was going to ask you I mean you just answered it now I was going to ask you what is your definition of success but you just answered that but I, I want to just dig a little bit deeper here because ha, has, has it been your life experiences that have allowed you to understand your perception or understanding of, of what success truly means to you um, is it is, are you at the stage of your life now and where that is what you deem as successful? Or do you believe that everybody should look as that as the meaning of success? I think it's probably a better way to word the question. I, I think success means different things to different people. And it, it depends where are you on the whole uh, self-actualization process. So as long as the basics are there, um, you know, security, food, and so on. You can reach success fairly quickly. For me, it's it's very important the connections with people, the connections with family and friends. Um, that for me, that's that's success. Uh, if I can provide with them, that's the responsibility. Um, but the the relationships is far more greater and more important than anything else. Yeah, yeah. You're, fa you're a fascinating man, Herb, and, and, I, and I say this knowing you um, and also listening to you today, because I think for somebody that halfway through a conversation mentions I had a plane, I had holiday homes, age of 35, really, really, really successful, but to be as humble as you are and as, um, I guess, as, as humble and comfortable in your own skin as you are have you always been have you always been this, had the same and similar values to what you're displaying and talking about today throughout your life um i guess so uh, lee I, I i think i was almost forced into it um in some way because i lost my dad when i was 12 years old um being the only man in the house uh, at that stage, my dad spoke to me before he passed away um, and basically handed over the baton and said, you are the man of the house now. You know, please look after your, your, your mother and, and, and your, your sisters. 
at 12, you don't realize what it means. But then when you start looking at your friends around you who's got their dads and they share stuff and you don't have it, it actually forces you to start reflecting in yourself what is it that, that makes you a better person, that makes you stronger. And I remember, I think I was 15 or 16, one of my very rich uncles told me, you should leave school so you can go and work and look after your mother. Um, <laughs> and I, for me, that, that hurt to put somebody in a position like that and you force them to do something. And, and I, I just decided then and then, no, I won't. I'll do what's best for me. Um, and through that, I know I can provide them. Because if I'm the best who I can be, it will put me in a situation, in a position where I can provide them. And that's exactly what has happened. Um, you know, going through school, working hard, moving school, and then became uh, head boy of the school, moved on to university, started working you know, part-time to, to make sure that I've got uh, some financial income. Um, but at that stage, we really started helping my mother, my sisters, and so on. So I guess it's it's part of your life journey that actually forms that um, and, and put things then into perspective. Yeah. So you just thrown in head, so losing your father at the age of 12, head boy, two degrees, successful business, plane, holiday hut. Um, uh, but then what you mentioned before as well about being the first student to, to um, invite uh, people to, to different things and stuff. And you've, you've got so many stories and so many lessons that can be um, understood and interpreted and, and taken forward. One thing that strikes me is the word confidence. Um, when I'm talking to you now today, you have had or what appears to have had complete confidence in yourself throughout your own life. Is that a fair assumption or is that not the case? I think it's a fair assumption. Um, it's, again, yeah, even though I lost my dad young, my dad believed in me when I was a little boy and he always conveyed a positive message. Um, and so as my mom, my mom has always talked positive, positively and always said, you can do it. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. Um, and I remember on one of your podcasts, you're saying about your children, your, the, the songs that you sing in the morning. And yeah. it's, it's, it's that positive reinforcement of self-belief and, and that self-talk. Um, nothing is impossible. Nothing, nothing in this world is impossible. We all have limitations. Um, and it's okay to accept those limitations as well, because that's part of, I, I would say, emotional intelligence and emotional confidence, where you actually accept uh, uh, there's certain things you just can't change because that, that's not part of your makeup. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So um, I would say it's always been part of, part of parcel of it. What do you believe? Uh, and this is just popped into my head now. So we, we could we could go through the last um, half an hour of a conversation and pick out the the high points or the the things that people would deem as successful, whether it's the two degrees, whether it's the head boy, whether it's the um, um, the business, whether it's all of these things. 
um, whether it's a, the movie. What do you believe your biggest achievement is in life, Herb? Whew. <laughs> I, uh, in this day and age, I think my biggest achievement is, is having a happy family. I knew you were going to give that answer. <laughs> Why is that then? Because of who you are and, and, and what you said is important to you throughout. And when you said about success, it was about spending time and, create, and, and creating that space and stuff. So I, I knew that. And do you think you would have said that at the time when you were in South Africa? No. I think when I was, that's what I meant when I, when, I think when I referred to being arrogant at the age of 35, um, because the, the materialistic things were far more important at that stage. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's, it's part of any, no, that's generalizing, sorry. Um, I think a lot of people experiencing it while they going through their career or their profession or their business growth that the chase becomes so big that you chase certain things that you deem to be very, very important. Um, but at some stage, you know, some people realize it earlier, other people don't. Yeah. Some people never realize it. Uh, that those things are not necessarily the most important. And it's a lot to do again with what's the, the image you want to try to portray. Um, today, for me, it's not important where, you know, what car I'm driving or where I live or whatever. That's that's not that important. It's more important. I know I can, uh, you know, invite people over and have a nice time, uh, have, a, have a nice conversation and you know, have a laugh and yeah. have fun. Uh, have a nice braai, sorry, a barbecue. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the sort of thing that's, that's more important to me. What's the dream, Herb, or are you living it? I'm living it. I'm absolutely living it. Um, I had actually a question last night. Uh, me and my wife were sitting over dinner, and, uh, and she's just gone through a different job role again. And, and she asked me, what is it that you actually want to do now? Because we're coming to an end of a certain uh, phase of the, the, the work that we're currently doing. I said, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. And yeah, I just hope there's another one that, that I can get involved. And I know there will be. Uh, I'm confident in, in that. Um, but I just enjoy helping people. That's, I think, because I'm a good listener. Uh, I'm sensitive to people. And I always want people to be the best what they can be. By listening to them, you can actually help them getting there. Yeah. That's what I enjoy doing. Yeah, if you had to summarise your your journey to that seat today, um, in in a sentence or a couple of words or whatever, how would you do that? And that is the first time I've asked a question on the podcast. Um, so, but it might not be the last. Depends on your answer. <laughs> I would say self belief. Have confident patience. Um, be sensitive to others and yourself. Um, and hardworking because none of this 
comes, just falls out in your lap. Uh, be determined. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Um, a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned having dinner with um, with your wife last night, yes. which leads me to the next question, Herb. What are you having for your tea tonight, young man? As a, a true South African uh, and, and now a second-hand Welshman, I, I still stick to my meat, so uh, I'm afraid uh, it's probably going to be a nice steak or it could be, uh, well, yeah, probably a nice steak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, love it, love it. Thank you, thank you so much for that. And uh, and I guess um, if people wanted to know more about you, where would they go? What would they find? How how would they best contact you? Um, Lee, people can make contact with me on LinkedIn. I am conscious I'm not very active, uh, but this might force me to get more involved <laughs> yeah. in social media. Um, otherwise, they can they can always uh, contact me on what's well, so on LinkedIn. I'm just Herbert Morick. Uh, or they can email me on morik at btopenworld.com. Perfect. Or they could also contact me through my current employer, uh, Herbert Morik, herbert.morik at tatasteeleurope.com. Amazing. Amazing. Herb, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for um, two things. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to uh, to get to know you a little bit better over the last few years as we've uh, as we've been working together, and also thank you for sharing your story, being honest, open, and just uh, sharing the value of what's important on from such a an amazing individual like yourself, Herb. So so thank you. Have an amazing rest of your day, your week, and uh, and good luck with everything, and continue living your dream, young man. I love it. Thank you so much, Lee, and thank you for asking me uh, to join your podcast. Uh, and I wish you all the very best because you deserve it. Oh. Cheers, sir. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the Business Problem Solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.